0: The Rangers take two out of three from the Cardinals, and in this series, they showed why, even without Jacob DeGrom for the next 12 months, this team still does not need to make a trade for any starting pitching because they've got all they need on the roster right now. Get into all that more on this episode of Locked On Rangers. Let's get into it. You are Locked On Rangers, your daily Texas Rangers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. You are locked on to the Texas Rangers. I'm Bryce Patrick, a cripplingly addicted Texas Rangers fan since 2010, the founder and host for all five seasons of this Locked On Rangers podcast. Thank you all so much for making Locked On Rangers your first listen every single day. If you're not already, you can follow me on Twitter at Bryce Patrick. You can follow the show at Locked On Rangers. Subscribe on YouTube, where the best way you can help grow the show is to comment nearly any single thing below. Today is Thursday, June 8th. The Rangers are 40-21, and 21, still alone to top the AOS with a 4.5-game lead over those Astros. Before we get into today's show, this episode is brought to you by Buy Bird Dogs. Go to BirdDogs.com slash locked MLB. When you enter promo code locked on MLB, they'll throw in a free custom bird dogs Yeti style tumbler with every single order. Now the Rangers took two out of three against the Cardinals in this midweek series. I haven't touched on it basically at all this week because of all the news about Jacob deGrom and uh, the weekend sweep of the Mariners. The Rangers had a five-game winning streak heading into Wednesday's game where they got an absolute gem from John Gray and a 1-0 loss in frustrating fashion. It could have taken all three, but in this series, they showed why, even without Jacob deGrom, the starting pitching rotation is still one of the best in all of baseball since DeGrom went down. Texas Rangers starters have a 2.77 rotation ERA. That is the best in baseball. They also lead the major leagues in innings pitched during that stretch at 218. That is including the nine innings of one-run ball they got from John Gray in the one nothing loss in the final game of this series. But the Rangers starting pitching was pretty solid all week long outside of a Dane Dunning kind of coming back down to earth start the rangers started the series with seven innings of one unearned run from martin perez five strikeouts one walk from him in this one the rangers allowed one run in the top of the second inning then responded with three runs in the bottom of that second inning and it looked like that might be enough with the way martin perez was pitching they took him out probably a little early for my liking he was only at 88 pitches through seven innings you thought okay well they have a lead and martin perez is is doing his thing i know it's a tough lineup but you know, you don't really need to go to the bullpen. They have options for guys, which we're going to get into in a second, of, of how many guys in this bullpen I'm, I'm starting to trust a little bit more after this series and a couple of nice weeks for the bullpen and overall. But this is the, the lone bad outing by the bullpen. Grant Anderson comes in in the eighth inning. You think, okay, well, this rookie has had two really great Great first appearances in the big leagues. He had his incredible debut with those seven strikeouts. His first, I believe, nine batters faced. And then he comes in in the eighth inning of the Friday game of a a very close game, another um, gray gem against the Mariners. Pitches a shutout eighth inning there, so you think, okay, well maybe he can do it again. I mean, there's there's a lot of shaky confidence in some of the guys in this bullpen, so let's let's have the rookie Grant Anderson come out there, and he allows a couple of a couple of hits, uh, three hits actually, and a walk and two runs score, and the Rangers have lost the lead heading into the bottom of the eighth inning. They don't score in the bottom of the eighth inning, and then in comes Will Smith to get the win in the top of the ninth inning because the Rangers would walk it off in the bottom of the ninth with Nathaniel Lowe's single, and that was just a few. You, this game happened just about an hour or so, maybe an hour and a half after the Rangers got the news that Jacob deGrom was going on the 60 day IL, which wasn't that bad a setback at the time. And then the next day they come out after getting the deGrom news that he was going to be out for at least 12 months with elbow surgery. And uh, Dane Dunning was on the hill, which was fitting because Dane Dunning has been his replacement in this rotation. And for the most part, Dunning has been solid. He had a 202 ERA, uh, actually I believe it was 206, heading into this game, but allowed four runs. Uh, all of them were earned in three home runs, the most he's allowed in his career and definitely the most he's allowed this year. I don't know that he'd allowed a home run at all heading into this Heading into this game. And well, this Cardinals lineup was really solid. He uh, was charged for all of those four runs, but the Rangers still had a lead, a 6 to 4 lead. And the bullpen was going to be called on to pitch three and a third innings of two run baseball. The Rangers offense wouldn't score anymore after Dane Dunning was out of this one, but the Rangers offense did enough early on. They got a four hit day from Adolis Garcia, including a home run against his former team, a three for three day with a walk for Ezekiel Duran. Really great offensive day for those two. Not a whole lot doing outside of those those guys Marcus Simeon did have a big two run double his 19th of the season off of Matthew Libertor. I thought this offense would get a little bit more off Libertor. I thought they'd get even more off of um, of the veteran of the Cardinals pitching staff. We had him Wainwright in the opener. They didn't They didn't get a whole lot of offense going this whole series. Four runs in the opener, then six runs in the second game, and then zero runs in the third game. Not the offense that the Rangers have been accustomed to. That's just 10 runs in three games, averaging 3.3, which is about half of what they've been averaging per game for the season. But still, occasionally the offense does go through cold slumps, and you know the pitching staff, for the most part, picked them up, especially the bullpen in this one. But I want to get to the finale, where John Gray had... Not quite his best career major league game. His second best His this was the second career complete game for him. Nine innings of one run ball, just four hits, no walks. And unfortunately, one of those hits was a solo shot, but he did strike out 12 in that one. It felt like the Rangers just got one run, just one run. That would be enough for John Gray because he was pitching to his favorite catcher, Sandy Leon. Leon was removed for a pinch hitter, I believe in the in the seventh inning. Um, yeah, and then, of course, in the eighth inning, when he was not pitching to San Leon, was the one mistake pitch he threw that was hit for a home run by Alex Burleson, and the only run scored in this game. The Rangers' offense was not great with runners in scoring position in this game. 0-4, left nine runners on base to just, I believe, three, two or three um, by the Cardinals, but it's hard to leave a lot of runners on base when you're not getting a lot of runners because John Gray was absolutely incredible and he continues to be incredible. I mean, the top two of this rotation is, is now Nathan Evaldi and John Gray. And those two guys are two of the best starters in the American league in terms of the American league leaderboard. Those guys are right up there on pretty much all of the major categories in terms of baseball reference war. Nathan Evaldi is second to just Shane McClanahan in the American league and John Gray is in seventh place. Um, just behind From Valdez. In terms of ERA, they are fifth and sixth. Iavaldi is fifth at 224, and Gray is f- sixth at 232. Walks per nine. Nathan Ivaldi is fourth in the American League. Hits per nine. Gray is third. Both of these guys have just been exceptional, and I'm sure after his start on Saturday uh, against the Rays, Nathan Ivaldi is going to jump right back in to the American League leader for innings pitched. Right now, he's at fourth behind uh, Chris Bassett um, and Gossman and Shane Bieber of Cleveland. So, this these this one two punch has been absolutely incredible, and and it was a tip from Nathan Ivaldi to John Gray about the foot placement. Um, earlier about a month ago right before John Gray started this exceptional run that's kind of led to this real career run for John Gray the strikeouts are coming back he wasn't striking a lot of guys out he was kind of getting a little lucky early on in this season while he was still having issues with walks he was fighting himself whatever he figured out right before um, basically May it has worked, and it has continued to work for him. He has just been so incredibly consistent, so incredibly good. This is the kind of guy that the Rangers thought they might be getting. In his last seven starts, he's gone 48 and third innings, 46 strikeouts, just seven walks, and a 149 ERA in that seven-game stretch. He's also gone 5-1 and one for his win-loss record, and, of course, that one loss was the complete game, one run, one nothing loss that he was handed in this series finale that was honestly just really, really frustrating to see that the Rangers didn't quite take advantage and put out a, honestly, about as weak of a lineup as you can. In the finale of this game, instead of trying to extend their season-long winning streak, they opted to rest some guys heading into what is going to be the biggest series of the year, heading to Tampa Bay, giving them two, two days off as opposed to just one. And you know what, I understand it, but I am a little frustrated and I'm going to get into it in just a second, as well as this bullpen starting to earn my trust just a little bit more. But first, this episode is brought to you by Bird Dogs. Bird Dogs are the most comfortable shorts you will ever wear. I guarantee you will not want to take them off off once you get yourself a pair. They are so incredibly comfortable. They are stylish as well. They've got all kinds of different styles. They've got shorts. They've got pants. They are really light and breezy. They got a built-in liner, which is just so incredibly comfortable. You're going out on long walks out in the summer. If you're a big walker like me, I love, uh, call me Walker Texas Ranger because I, I love taking long walks. And you know when I'm wearing these pants, it feels so incredibly comfortable. I don't feel like I'm sweating through my shorts. And you have got to get yourself a pair. Go to Bird Dogs com slash lockdown MLB and enter promo code lockdown MLB for a free Yeti style tumbler with your order. That's birddogs.com slash locked MLB for a free Yeti style tumbler. You won't want to take your bird dogs off. We promise you. Shout out to the everydayers for making Lockdown Rangers your first listen every day on Friday's show. We're taking a look at if the Rangers do want to make a move for a starting pitcher, who they might want to make a move for, and a little bit of look at the minor league system. But Rangers take on the Rays this weekend. You can catch every pitch with the Hometown Broadcast on SiriusXM. Just download the SXM app and search Rangers. Now, this Rangers bullpen really got some good performances out of it in this midweek series, especially that game where they had to pick up five and two-thirds innings of four-run ball from Dane Dunning, had to get three and a third innings of with a two-run lead to secure the win and win the series, which they did end up doing. They got really great outings from Cole Reagans, Josh Spores, and Will Smith. Smith got his 11th save of the year, and Spores, I think, was the most impressive of this group. I tweeted about being a Josh Spores believer before he came into this one, and I know that Grant and I talked about him a little bit on Tuesday's episode and how he was starting to believe a little bit more in Josh Spores, and he just really proved his point. One and two-thirds innings, No hits, no walks, no base runners of any kind, and four strikeouts. Josh Spores and stuff has been nasty. The Rangers have been a believer in him for a while. And the expected numbers, all of the baseball savant numbers, almost all of them, are really, really exceptional. Fastball velocity in the top 10% of baseball, averaging 97 miles an hour with the fastball. The spin rate in the 69th percentile, which is not only nice, it's also very good. The whiff rate in in terms of swinging strikes, he is the 99th percentile strikeout rate, 97th percentile of all baseball expected batting average, top 6% of baseball, barrel rate, expected slugging, expected ERA slash UOBA, all those in the top 2% of baseball. This is a guy that is living up to the potential the Rangers saw in him when they acquired him from the Dodgers. The Dodgers kind of gave up on him. He was an elite closer at Virginia, and guys who are are closers from the time they're in college uh, usually don't make it very far as prospects, guys who are relievers don't usually get thought of highly as prospects usually most of the high leverage um, best clothes in the game are failed starters guys who um, you know had four pitches or had two really good pitches they couldn't quite figure out how to make it stick multiple times to the order just throw them in the pen their velocity kicks up and then they absolutely dominate from there but that's not been the case with Josh Spores he's been a guy who has been a reliever since he was in college and has had the potential to be an exceptional reliever and it's just been not quite there and missing with two strikes has been his his big bugaboo he'll go ahead get ahead in counts and get a lot of swings and misses and then he'll miss badly in the zone with pitches on O2 counts that is something that has gotten him into trouble even this year but for the most part he has been fairly consistent he's had a few bad blow up outings including the outing against atlanta where he was stung twice very badly by exactly 0-2 counts. He got way ahead of hitters and then left to pitch in basically the middle of the zone for some of the best hitters in all of baseball. And surprisingly, unsurprisingly, they got to him. But he's had several. He's had three straight shutout appearances against Baltimore. He had a perfect inning with two strikeouts in that Sunday game against Seattle. He had two innings where he was perfect and had two strikeouts. And then in this one against St. Louis, an inning in two-thirds, four strikeouts of perfect relief work. He has been fairly consistent, and I, I trust him a whole lot in the back end of this bullpen, and I'm starting to look around at the guys who are in this bullpen now, and I'm starting to trust most of them. In terms of my trust level, we have the top tier of just fully trust in any situation that the Rangers want to throw them in. I got Will Smith, Josh Boers, I have now included in that group, and Brock Burke. He had a couple of rough outings, but I always believed that Brock Burke was going to bounce back. Um, In the next category, eh, probably worth a shot. I'm feeling a lot more confident about them. Um, And if you want to put them in a high-leverage situation, then I kind of trust them. Cole Reagans, he's been having some much better outings as of late. His stuff has been playing up. He has been used more consistently in some of those high-leverage, shorter relief outings as opposed to just the mop-up man, which I think is a better role for him is this high leverage situation just let his stuff go and and gas it up and then Grant Anderson is in the probably worth a shot I mean, he, he's not a guy that was anticipated to go and have the success that he did in his first couple outings. Uh, the, the third outing was clearly a little bit of a mess, so maybe not as often in some of these high-leverage situations, but I, I still think that Grant Anderson is worth a shot. The Rangers just really needed somebody in their bullpen to go on an absolute heater so they wouldn't have to trade for, like, three bullpen arms, which is, it seemed like they were about to have to do heading into this trade deadline, but they've started to figure out a little bit more. Next tier, in a clean inning, I trust these guys. I believe in them, and I want to see what they can do. Th- this category includes Jose LeClerc, who, again, still does have a little bit of a walk issue, but for the most part, in his last several outings has looked much better. His ERA is below 3. In 18 in the third innings, he's struck out 20, which is much, much better. He has allowed a pair of home runs in his 19 outings, but still, I feel fairly confident about him. His ERA plus is at 149. Um his hits per nine is at 6.4. The walks are still a problem, but they've been better as of late and if you get him in a clean inning, even if it's the 7th or 8th inning, um might lean more towards the 7th, but I still trust him to get out of it. It might be a little shaky, might be a little nervy, but I still trust him to get out of a clean inning. And in this category, I'm also including Spencer Howard, who you might have forgotten has been in this bullpen since the start of this series. He was the part of the reason why uh, Jacob DeGron was placed on the 60 day IL before they knew that he was going to have surgery to kind of open up that spot for him so that they could send Jonathan Hernandez down to figure out whatever the heck the issue has been with him. And then the only reliever who's still left, who hasn't been put into a category is John King. And he's in the kind of no, thank you. Thanks, but no thanks category. Cause I, I don't really, I don't trust him to hold up in big situations. If the Rangers need somebody to do some kind of mop up duty, At this point, a lot of these guys, actually pretty much all these guys outside of Will Smith can be trusted for multiple innings if you need them to do so. Um, But there's not really a designated cleanup, um, long relief guy, which if the Rangers did trade for a starter and wanted to put Dane Dunning back in the pen, that would be Dane Dunning's role. And then you, I don't know, cut bait with John King. I'm not sure if he has any options left. I don't think that he does. Um, but at this point, I've kind of seen about what I've needed to see from John King. If he is the last guy in your pen, then that's that's okay. It's not a horrible situation, but he's not a guy who I want to see in a lot of high-leverage situations. But this is the thing that I've been saying about the bullpen basically since the beginning of the season. I mean, when they, they did really, really well uh, for the first month of the season. May was an absolute disaster, and it seems like the last two two and a half weeks, basically since that series, I believe in Pittsburgh, but really just since that five out save from Will Smith, it feels like this bullpen has kind of started to turn things around. This is the case with literally every bullpen in baseball, every bullpen ever. Relievers are finicky. At one minute, they'll be fantastic. You can trust them in any spot and everything looks amazing. And then the next minute, even guys who have been exceptional for years are just you don't know what happened and things just fall off a cliff that's why I am always hesitant to make a bunch of trades for relievers for the most part the Rangers haven't made that many bad trades especially since Chris Young has been a part of this front office like they, there hasn't been a whole lot of trades that I can look back and think wow the Rangers the Rangers really lost it there haven't been a whole lot of moves in general with this front office um, in the last few years that I think wow that really didn't work out that was kind of a mess I mean not any big moves at least and I think that just waiting for the internal improvements is something that that is is going to be the biggest way that this, this bullpen is fixed. I mean, this team has the second best record in all of baseball. They don't necessarily need a whole lot of help. They don't necessarily need to make some big, flashy, splashy move. The starting rotation is fantastic. The lineup is fantastic. And, you know, the bullpen is has pieces in it that could be helpful they also hopefully soon I haven't heard much about Glenn Otto's return but I've eventually hopefully we are going to see Glenn Otto at some point this season I think when we do he will be a higher leverage relief guy who is touching in the high 90s with that nasty nasty slide is going to play way up if he is in a bullpen role and then we haven't even seen any of Spencer Howard this year at the big league level and he looked fantastic in his first two outings for AAA. And I think that this was always kind of Spencer Howard's destiny, unfortunately. I wish he could have stuck as a starter and figured all that out. But you know what? The Rangers are kind of fine in their starting rotation. So, I mean, I get the the urge to move, make a big move. But um, for the most part, I think that this Rangers team... They should trust that they are as good as their record and as good as their Pythagorean record, which has them uh, four wins better than they are right now. Yeah, 44-17 as opposed to 40-21. Just trust this team is good, and if there's an injury or something else and you need to make a move that way to address it at the deadline... I think that's the move, but I don't think this team needs a whole lot of help because this team is really freaking good, despite a very frustrating day from the offense and from the lineup on Wednesday. Coming up, we're going to look at that and a little bit of a look at how good the Rays are heading into this weekend series against Tampa Bay. But first, this word from our sponsors. Shout out to the everyday for making Locked on Rangers your first listen every day on Monday show. I'm going to try and get across and over with Locked on Rays, recapping the biggest series in all of Major League Baseball, I think, this year that happens this weekend. The Rangers take on the Rays this weekend. You can catch every pitch with the hometown broadcast on SiriusXM. Just download the SXM app and search Rangers. Now, I really, I, I really get the idea of resting your starters. And the Rangers have a day off on Thursday, so it's an extra day off for everybody. And when they roll out the lineup card for the Wednesday game in this series with John Gray on the hill... Uh, You knew that Sandy Leon was going to be in there because Sandy Leon has basically become his personal catcher. And he's part of the reason I think why he has had so much, John Gray has had so much success as of late. if you're throwing him in the nine hole, you're not getting a whole lot of offense from him. You're actually getting basically zero offense. He did get a hit in this one, but in 18 games, 42 plate appearances so far, he's hitting 154 with an OPS of 400, which not great, not great, but Hey, this lineup has been incredibly deep, and there's a lot of other guys that can step up and, and have big days. And unfortunately, Marcus Simeon, his 25-game hit streak ended in this one. He only got one hit um, in a walk from Seager, only one walk from Lowe, who went 0-3 outside of that walk. Uh, only had a walk and a hit from Josh Young, which I believe was a single. No, yes, a single. Ziger did have a double, and we did get a, get a double from Robbie Kruzman, but th- there's just not a whole lot going. There was a lot of guys that they decided to sit. I mean, Travis Jankowski was hitting uh, sixth in this lineup, and Jankowski's had a good year, and he's been a vital piece. He is the 26th man that you didn't think was initially going – was not going to make the roster initially, if not for Leody Tavares' injury before the season. Then Travis Jankowski would have been – DFA and someone else would have picked him up and maybe he'd be having this kind of great season for them, but he's not. He's been having a pretty good season for the Rangers, but he still shouldn't be hitting six in any version of your lineup. The Rangers decided to sit four different starters, four, five? Uh, yeah, four different guys, Adoles Garcia, Leody Tavares, Mitch Garber, and, um, and Ezekiel Durant. All those guys were sitting in this game, and so the normally vaunted sixth through nine spots in the lineup, were were held by Travis Jankowski, Robbie Grossman, Josh Smith, and Sandy Leone. That is not exactly a foursome that inspires a lot of terror. Now, I, I do think that Josh Smith has been doing much better as of late. He has been hitting better. He has been hitting for more power this season. He's still walking at an elite rate, and he does still have good at-bats. Same with Robbie Grossman who did have a double and a walk in this one. Um, so like it's hard to pick on him in this game in particular, but still it feels like you had a chance to sweep. And the Rangers have, have talked about how it, especially on that road trip, when they had a bunch of series where they could have had the sweep, they they won the first two and they would drop the last one. Um, even this year that when they've had series like that, and it pissed them off that they didn't, they weren't happy with just winning the series. They wanted the sweep. And, and they really showed that in the Sunday game of that series where they took the first two from Seattle and then absolutely pounded them into the dirt on Sunday to take that sweep. And they did really well battling back in some close games on Monday and Tuesday in this one. And the offense just wasn't quite there, didn't quite have that same fire. And it was really frustrating to see them waste an absolute gem from John Gray. His 12 strikeouts were his, his most that he's had as a Texas Ranger, I believe the second most in his entire career. And one bad pitch, one solo shot to the, I believe, number eight hitter. Uh, no, excuse me, the number six hitter, Burleson, in the lineup was all the Cardinals needed. In this game to get the win, and it's not like they were throwing out the the best pitcher in all of baseball. Jack Flaherty has an ERA. It was brought down to 4.15. The Rangers got five walks off of him and three hits, um, including a pair of doubles, and they just were not able to get the job done with runners in scoring position. The Rangers had a 3.30. Um, plus batting average heading into this series with runners in scoring position. I believe they had an OPS in the eight hundred or nine hundred range with runners in scoring position as a team. Not just as an individual, but as a team. And so far in this series they just did not look like the old versions of themselves. They did not like look like the team that was putting together better at bats. It felt like it just it just wasn't quite there for them. And and sometimes even the best offenses in all baseball get shut out. Like it, it just happens. But you had a chance to have a six-game winning streak heading into Tampa Bay. The best team, if you're not the best team in all of baseball, then it, 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 for darn sure, is Tampa Bay. And blowing that chance with such a great, great game from John Gray, I get the urge to fit everybody in the lineup, make sure that everybody gets a day and everybody stays fresh and, and yada 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 and and Ezekiel Duran and uh, Mitch Garver were both coming back um, pretty quickly. Duran did so without any rehab appearances and Garver, you're always going to want to be really careful because of his injury history and we did, you might forget about the uh, injury scare with Adelis Garcia on Sunday. I sure haven't. And I'm, I'm glad that it hasn't seemed like it's affected him at all. I mean, he had a four hit game with a monster bomb in the Tuesday game of this series, so like he's, he's probably be okay, but still it felt like a missed opportunity, and when you're a team that is clawing tooth and nail, the Astros did lose again last night to the Blue Jays, and you could have had a a five and a half game lead heading into Tampa Bay, depending on what the Astros do in their Thursday game against the Blue Jays. But still, the Rangers have been on an absolute tear and they really didn't gain all that much ground in May despite being the best team in all of baseball because the Astros are right on their heels. The Rangers need to take advantage of every single game. And this is a Cardinals team that had the worst record in the National League heading into this series. I think they still probably do at the end of it after losing two out of three. But still, it is a talented team of Cardinals and they do have a lot of good guys in their lineup. They do have a lot of talented hitters and some decently talented pitchers that are having really, truly terrible seasons. But you need to take advantage of a team that is scuffling. They headed into this series um, having been swept by Cincinnati and then you take 2 out of 3 of them you got to put your foot on the throat this is a team that has done a pretty decent job of not letting up when things are going their way that's the reason why they have so many blowout wins is when the rangers get a little bit of a lead this offense does not let up they go for the kill they go for the evisceration the embarrassment not just the kill they go for the demolition of other teams that's why they have so many different games of 10 plus runs scoring That's why they dropped 16 on Saturday and dropped 12 the very next day. Like this team does not let up. And this kind of felt like a moment of them letting up a little bit. I know the offense, I mean, basically everybody one through 12 that plays regularly in this lineup has been very consistent. But when you put all of those guys at nine through 12 in for guys, you know, four through six or whatever, your four through six best hitters. I, I don't know that Adoles and, um, and Garver and Duran are naturally like four through six, but but still, when you're replacing so many guys all in one day, um, it just feels like a lot. And leodi had been scuffing a little bit, so I, I get the urge to replace him. But it just feels like a really frustrating moment for this team. And it's it's a fun place when the Rangers are so good that one little one nothing loss at the end of a series where the Rangers had literally just won a home a home stand where the Rangers had just won five straight um, and. Two of those by 10 plus runs that you end it thinking, man, I really wanted six. That just kind of shows you where the mentality of this team is and and where the fan base is and why it is such a fun place to be. Even after the news of DeGrom, this team did not let up. They are not letting anything get in their way, and they head into a weekend series against Tampa Bay that is going to be really, uh, really, really exciting, especially the starting pitching matchups. On Friday, we have Andrew Heaney versus Tyler Glass now, Nathan Eovaldi versus Taj Bradley on Saturday, and Martin Perez versus Shane McClanahan on Sunday. This is going to be an incredible test for the Rangers. I think Andrew Heaney is the next one who needs to kind of take a step up. He has been, he's had really great outings. He's had some really bad outings. That's kind of what you expect from a guy who was going to be your number five starter is now your number four starter in your rotation. If um, Perez can build on the great start he had on Monday against a really, really difficult raise lineup on Sunday. And if he outduels Shane McClanahan, that would be huge. And then Nathan Evaldi versus the rookie Todd Bradley. I think the Rangers um, are really looking forward to that matchup as well, but this is going to be a fun weekend full we'll of some, hopefully really great starting pitching by the Rangers and, Probably pretty great starting pitching from the Rays on tomorrow's show. Look a little bit more at these two teams and compare if the Rangers are really the best team in baseball or if it's the Rays and take a little bit of a look at the minor league system from the week past. But that's going to do it for today's show. Thank you all so much for listening and subscribing. And until next time, don't forget to enjoy baseball.